Hi, this is Stephen Smith. We're excited to announce that we have a new partner with this podcast, The Heckinger Report. It is a nonprofit news organization that focuses on education like we do. You'll still hear from the APM Reports team, but you'll also be hearing regularly from Heckinger reporters and editors. And, of course, we'll continue to feature our education documentaries when they are released each fall. We've got four documentaries we're working on now, and we will be telling you more about them over the next few months. So here we go. Here's our first episode in collaboration with The Heckinger Report. From APM Reports, this is Educate. I do believe that when we talk about public education in America today, in a rapidly changing world, we should have free tuition at public colleges and universities. That should be a right of all Americans, regardless of the income of their families. Bernie Sanders campaigned for president on the promise of making college free. Sanders wasn't the first to think of this. In the last decade, several states and cities have set up free college programs, but these generally cover only tuition at two-year colleges. Sanders wanted all public colleges to be free. Last week, Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York signed a bill to do just that, making tuition at all two- and four-year public colleges free for middle-class families. Tonight, there'll be no child that puts their head on the pillow and wonders whether or not they're going to be able to have a chance to make it. It's called the Excelsior Scholarship. Cuomo said it was a long time coming. Seventy years ago, we made a decision as a society that people needed high school. And some people said, oh, you're being frivolous. You don't need a high school education. But society said, yes, we do. If you want to continue to grow, you want to continue to educate and prosper, we need high school. And we had free public high school for everyone. And that was a bold step. Well, today, my friends, college is what high school was 70 years ago. What Cuomo means is that college is a necessity. According to the Georgetown Center on Education and the Workforce, two-thirds of jobs in the United States will soon require at least some college. And right now, tuition at a four-year public university in New York is about $6,500 a year. Cuomo's program will make that zero for families making up to $100,000, with the cap rising to $125,000 in a couple of years. It sounds great. You know, free tuition, who wouldn't want that? But in fact, Cuomo's free tuition plan doesn't really make college free, says Sarah Garland. She is executive editor of The Heckinger Report, and she recently wrote a story about the Excelsior Scholarship and what it doesn't cover. For one, it doesn't pay the cost of room and board. And in New York, room and board can cost twice as much as tuition. It also won't be available to students who go to school part-time, and that could make a lot of low-income students ineligible because to cover living expenses, many of them have to work. In fact, Sarah says the Excelsior Scholarship is not really designed to help low-income students at all. It would be a last-dollar scholarship, which means that that would only kick in after other aid has paid for tuition. So after your Pell Grant, after your state uh, financial aid dollars, then this free tuition would kick in for that last portion. In other words, tuition is already free for most college students from the lowest-income families. New York State's new scholarship program is explicitly designed to help middle-income families manage the increasing costs of college. But SUNY says only one-fifth of its students would qualify for the Excelsior Scholarship because they could not meet the full-time attendance requirement. 
They also couldn't meet a related requirement that says they have to be on track to graduate within two or four years, depending on the degree they're pursuing. And the money, you know, I think will be very much appreciated at the middle income levels that Cuomo's plan is talking about. Uh, But those are also folks who are very likely to go to college anyway and um, and be able to afford it with loans and so on. Um, So where you have people pushing back is saying that we, we need to be doing more. We don't need to be sort of creating programs that don't help the folks who aren't necessarily going to make it through college who need a lot more help. Students from the lowest-income families are much less likely to complete a bachelor's degree by the age of 24 as students from middle-class families, according to a report by the Pell Institute. The same report found that to send a student to college, the lowest-income families would have to spend 84% of their annual income. Advocates say it's these students who should be the priority when designing new public programs to help cover the costs of college. Sarah Garland spent time with one of these students for her recent article about the Excelsior Scholarship. I'm 19 years old. His name is Moses Urena. And I'm from the South Bronx. I'm a, I'm a second semester freshman in the University of Albany. He had had a really hard time early on in high school. We did move around a lot. We were homeless for a while. Um, there was a time where we even slept in the hallway floor because we couldn't find anywhere to sleep because we had nowhere else to go because we didn't have nowhere else to go. Moses didn't need the Excelsior Scholarship to cover his college tuition. It's paid for through a combination of federal aid and existing state programs. But he still has to take out thousands of dollars of loans to cover the cost of room and board. At the University of Albany, that is about $13,000 a year, and that is close to his mother's entire annual income. Finding a way to pay for housing is a familiar story for Moses and his mom. Moses says when he was younger, he didn't care about school because he was worried about where he would sleep at night. But he says he had an epiphany in high school when he realized the only way out of poverty was to get a college degree. When we got the eviction notice the summer before my junior year, that's when everything changed. I said, education is key. And I started moving on with that mentality. So I just started going with that, taking my studies serious, and started being involved helping others, and it was just snapped. So Moses hit the books. He ran for class president. He got accepted into a summer program where he spent four days at a prestigious private college in New England. He fell in love with the idea of college life. He got into a selective state program for low-income students called the Education Opportunity Program. Sarah Garland says EOP has been around for about 50 years. It's basically, you know, in part a summer bridge program where it's helping the most at-risk kids, needy kids adjust and get used to, and basically, you know, it's an orientation program, get used to college. And it is very intense. I always used to have a lot of confidence. And then the EOP summer was like, whoa, I need to study a lot. I mean, Moses, when I talked to him while he was there, was, you know, overwhelmed, you know, worried because it was really hard and he wasn't sure he was going to make it, but also talked about it. You know, this thing is amazing. You know, it's created a family for me. I feel ready for college. If it wasn't for this program, I wouldn't be in college. EOP prepared him for the academic rigors of college, but his first semester at the University of Albany was rough, mostly because of the financial pressures. 
he didn't want to ask his mom for money. You know, she was already struggling to get by. He had 52 cents in his bank account for several weeks and didn't want to tell his mom. So he just, you know, he had no money. And that that includes the money he needs to buy pens and to buy notebooks, um, you know, to buy snacks on the weekends. He certainly wasn't going out and, you know, partying with his, you know, anywhere, having fun. So, uh, so yeah, he took a job at Dunkin' Donuts. From 3 in the morning, sometimes to 11, sometimes to 12, sometimes to 1. <laughs> he ended up signing up for seven classes plus work study. So just, you know, really doing anything he can. Um, one, one, he wants to pass, you know, his classes and, and, and if he can, do it as quickly as possible. But he also had nothing to live on. So he was really, he, he had no choice, he felt like, but to take this job. Moses says there were few other students like him, kids who grew up really poor. And he told Sarah he could tell them apart because they slept with balled-up sweatshirts instead of pillows. They didn't know to bring a pillow and couldn't afford to buy one. But most of the students at the University of Albany did not seem to be struggling financially like he was. And not only was Moses thinking about his own financial situation, he was worried about his mom. It's hard for her because she's, she's a single mother and she works full-time. And that, that shows the type of strong-willed woman she is. Her name is Lena Beltre, and she's also a college student. She's been working for years trying to complete a bachelor's degree. She went to the University of Phoenix, um, took online classes, was trying to do that while taking care of her youngest daughter and working full-time. And it just, it fell apart. And so, you know, I think that her pursuit of higher education actually dug her into poverty uh, deeper than she already was. You know, and I think that this happens a lot when you have people trying to figure out what they want to do, what's their best path to the middle class, and there's just not a lot of guidance out there. She had no one to talk to or advise her on what she should be doing, what was the smartest path to getting her degree. Lena wants a job in healthcare management. But she's been to four colleges in the process and has used up all of her federal and state aid. So now she's paying for college with loans. And she eventually ended up at Metropolitan College, which is a private college here, and was doing, you know, all right, um, hanging in there, but had a really rough semester last semester. Her daughter was dealing with anxiety issues and had some medical problems over the summer. She had her own medical problems. You know, she's was always worried about losing her housing subsidy. They'd finally gone from, you know, being homeless and living in shelters to having their own apartment. Uh, but that was just very, always very tenuous. Um, and so she failed a couple of classes. And, you know, that that sets her back. And, you know, it's unclear if she'll make it. The things Lena is struggling with while trying to make it through college, working full-time, raising kids, trying to afford housing, these are typical struggles for a college student today. About 40% of undergraduates work at least 30 hours a week, and nearly 20% of working college students have kids. There aren't many programs designed to meet the financial needs of students like Lena. But her son Moses has found a way to cut his college loans. He'll be an orientation leader on campus this summer and an RA next fall. Those jobs get him housing and a meal plan. He's finding creative ways to lessen his financial burden and improve his odds of staying in college. And he thinks working his way through college is a good thing. In fact, he says the folks who are touting so-called free college programs 
may be forgetting an important point. When you go to something for free, you don't really you know, enjoy it as much and you won't work as hard to get there. But if something, you know, you have to work hard and you got to pay for it, you damn sure going to put 110%. As for the future, Moses wants to get a PhD in education administration. Then he wants to be a school superintendent and run a nonprofit mentoring organization. I want to help change lives. I don't want to become rich. And after all that? So I believe that I I can be the president of the United States. And, yeah. <laughs> and I like to um, tell people that, like, when they say, what do you want to be in the future? I say president of the United States. In his time so far at the University of Albany, Moses has become a student senator. He also tutors kids for work study, works at a Dunkin' Donuts, and, oh, yes, goes to class and studies, too. To learn more about Moses Urena and to read Sarah Garland's story about him, you can visit our website, educatepodcast.org. We're working on another story about college students confronting the challenges of paying for college. It's about undocumented immigrants. Our correspondent, Sasha Eslanian, has told us a bit about it in previous episodes of the podcast. A couple of weeks ago, she did a story for PRI's The World about what some undocumented students in Georgia are learning from veterans of the civil rights movement. One of these students, Arturo Martinez, couldn't afford tuition at any college in Georgia. Then he heard about something called Freedom University. It's modeled after freedom schools from the civil rights era. Martinez took free college prep classes at Freedom U and was inspired by mentors like Charles Black, who led the Atlanta student movement in the early 1960s. Black grew up in Florida. There was no college in Miami that I could attend because of my race. None. Black came to Atlanta to attend Morehouse College, a historically black college. Legal segregation still governed life in the South. It was illegal for blacks and whites to sit together in a, a place of public assembly. You couldn't use the same taxi cabs. The hospital had separate ambulances for blacks and whites. I mean, all these things were the law, you know, uh, just like this is the law now that we're fighting against. You can listen to the full story at our website, apmreports.org. That's it for this episode. We'd love to hear from you to tell us how we're doing. You can send a note to contact at apmreports.org. We want to thank our partner, The Heckinger Report, and look forward to doing more episodes with them. Educate is produced by Suzanne Pico and edited by Chris Julin, mixing by Veronica Rodriguez. And we had help this week from Josh Marcus. Support for APM Reports comes from Lumina Foundation and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM.